Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, hello, people out there. How is everybody doing? It's been a long week, I might add. It's been a, quite a long week. And God is good, man. He's always good. He's always on our side. God is for you. He's not against you. Well, today, people, I hope you enjoyed your weekend, and we're on the second day of this week in August. Nice, hot August 22nd of August. Nice, cool breeze coming through. I want to deal with a topic today. We're going to pray first, and then we're going to go into a topic today that's very interesting that I found to be very, very interesting. and. and like a time that we're living in. So we want to pray first, and then we're going to go into the book of Judges, chapter 9, if you have your Bible. We're going to be going to the book of Judges, chapter 9. Let's go before the throne. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for all things you have done and what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for purpose. Thank you for allowing us to go through that you might bring us out. God, we thank you for everything that you allow to happen in our lives. Thank you for the anointing that destroys the yoke. I thank you for the hearing ears of your people that we take not lightly, Lord. We thank you for their faithfulness, and they think it not robbery just to tune in to hear what we say and to add that I might add to whatever needs to be said. And, God, do we just pray that you will bring in every wonder and mind, speak to your people, bless their spirit, encourage their heart, give them the courage and the boldness to say something and share with us, Lord, so we all can learn. It's not about me. It's about all of us, God. We are simply a bodies of believers. And, God, we thank you for the anointing that destroys the yoke, beat back every force of darkness, tear down strongholds, bring in every wonder and mind. What the enemy meant for evil, use it for your good. Remind us that all things work together for good, not some things, but all work together for good, and that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us and gave his life for a ransom for all of our sins. God, we pray that you will bless no weapon that will be formed against us prosper. In the name of Jesus, prosper us, Lord. Cause men to give into our bosom, press down, shaken together, and running over and overflowing into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, to your glory, amen. Hello, everybody, and we're excited to be here with you today. Uh, this is Word of Fire. <clears throat> yesterday we had a great time with my friend Will on the uh, church radio yesterday. Well, today this is Word of Fire. This is Brother Calvin's ministry that God laid on my heart. It is extension from Word of Fire from my church. Uh, that uh, we had started in deliverance was a ministry called Word of Fire. This is an extension of that ministry because we believe in having the word of God and with fire. Um, but we wanted to get to the point where people could understand and said, did not our hearts burn within us when you hear God's word, not my word, God's word. His word enlightens, it encourages, it builds up, and it strengthens. So if I've got any of my pioneer buddies out here who are sharp in the word 
and who got a Bible there and they would like to read for me. I need a reader. If I can get somebody to come in and say, Brother Calvin, I will read for you because I want to break down some things that's in this chapter. Uh, so if you're out there, you just put star and it hit eight. I need a good sharp reader now, male or female. It doesn't matter. But I need a reader who can read sharp and clear just to read as we break down this word from the book of Judges chapter 9. Because I like it when I'm hearing somebody read it and then I'm breaking it down piece by piece. It frees me up to focus on one thing and one thing only, articulating and breaking down the word as God give it to me in my spirit. So just put star eight if you're that man or that woman who don't mind reading for Brother Calvin today, okay? And while you're doing that, um, I just would like to say this. Uh, we're going into the book of Judges. The book of Judges is one of the most interesting books you will ever read because I believe when you come into the book as it opens up, Joshua had told the people that it was still much more land to possess. They had to get the land. It was important to get land. But it was a king in the book of Judges who had a habit of taking other kings and cutting off their big thumbs and their big toes. Now, this is in the beginning of the book of Judges, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I've read the story, so I know it's in the Bible, but I, I believe it's in the book of Judges. And as he get these, got these kings sitting at his table, he would cut off their big toes and their thumbs. And most people would say, why in the world would he do something stupid like that? And all these kings that he conquered would sit at his table and eat with him. That was his trophy. He defeated them, cut off their thumbs, cut off their big toes. And this is why he did what he did. He cut off your big toes so you would never lead an army out against him. Because without your big toe, it brings balance. Doesn't that sound familiar? Familiar? The hand cannot say that I have no need of the leg. And you know how Paul was saying we all need each other in the body of Christ so that there won't be no schism and ism in the body of Christ. Well, he would cut off the big toe so you would never lead an army as a king again against him. He would cut off your thumb so that you would never raise up a sword again against him. Now it's starting to make sense, isn't it? You can't hold a sword in your hand without your thumb. It makes the grip firmer to fight in it. You can't run up against them and lead an army against them because you got a limp in your walk, like Red Fox. He had a little limp. Listen, folks, the devil is out with tactics and strategies. His goal is to mess folks up and destroy and wipe out the church. But one of the things I love about the Lord the Bible said that God said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Do you hear me? Have life and have it more abundantly. So one of the things we're going to bring out today, we want you to just sit back and enjoy the ride. We're going to talk about a lot of things here. And uh, what we're going to be talking about is all the things that God wants to do in all of our lives. So, folks. We're going to talk about from the book of Judges chapter 9 about what was it like back then and what was going on. Because it was a time that the Bible said, and every man done that which was right in his own eyes. So we have a caller right now that is already unmuted. So I guess this might be my reader. We'll bring in the caller, please. 
the caller ready and make sure that caller is ready to come in because we need that caller in here to read. Yeah, the caller is already unmuted. Um, caller, you're live on the air. Yeah, praise the Lord, my brothers, Brother Will, Brother Calvin, and all the listeners. To God be the glory. Hey, my buddy. <laughs> Kev, if you don't mind, I guess you got a silver uh, 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 a silver tongue. If you don't mind reading this thing, man, read this thing for me, please, as I break it down and go into this. And when I'm finished, I want you to share with us, too, what you get out of it, my brother, okay? All right, brother. Um, so go on. You can start. It's reading that. Judges chapter 9 on down, and you can just start reading whenever you're ready. Okay, praise the Lord. Uh, Judges chapter 9, we're starting at verse 1. And Abimelech, the son of Jerubel, went to Shechem unto his mother's brethren and communed with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Speak, I pray you in the ear of all the men of Shechem, whether is better for you either that all the sons of Jerubel, which are threescore and ten persons, reign now, over that, you. When you tell me you hear the word threescore and ten, one score is twenty, two score is forty, threescore is uh, sixty, and then ten, that means seventy. Okay? Amen. Amen. The number seven prior to increase. Read on. Uh, to reign over you, or that one reign over you. Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. And his mother's brethren spake of him in the ear of all the men of Shechem, all these words, and their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech. For they said, he is our brother. And they gave him threescore and ten pieces of silver out of the house of Baal Bereth, wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light persons which followed him. And this he guy was a crook, y'all, okay? Now they paying people money to follow them, okay? Bribes and he wanna be their leader, and they saying, is it better for 70 men to lead over you or one person? This is Abimelech talking to them. They said, well, he's our brethren. He got to be right. He's our brethren. Follow me because I'm going somewhere with this. This is very important. Read on, Dr. Kev. I apologize. Verse 5. And he went unto his father's house at Ophrah and slew his brethren, the sons of Jerubael, being threescore and ten persons upon one stone, notwithstanding, yet Jotham, the youngest son of Jerubel, was left, for he hid himself. Now he all, went and he killed all 70 of the men that was ruling over them, okay? Except for one boy, he got away. The youngest one, Jotham. And Jonathan hid himself, and he was able to escape the sword of Jerubbabel. Read on. And all the men of Shechem gathered together and all the house of Milo and went and made Abimelech king by the plain of the pillar that was in Shechem. And when they told it to Jotham, Jotham and went and stood in the top of 
Mount Gerizim and left, lifted up his voice and cried and said unto them, Hearken unto me, ye men of Shechem, that God may hearken unto you. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them. And Pause, they right said, there. Pause right there. Now he's talking to them. This man took the money. When he got the money, he used that money to go after the people. He hired men to kill 70 of these men. But when one of the guys heard of Jotham, he's a prophet, he went and stood at the top of the mountain, a Gariazum, and lifted up his voice, and he began to speak in a parable. Now, a parable is something. It could be called a dark saying, but a parable is an earthly saying with a heavenly meaning, okay? So he's about to proclaim a parable over this evil man and what he has did. Read on, kids. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them. And they said unto the olive tree, reign thou over us. But the olive tree said unto them, should I leave my fatness wherewith by me they honor God and man and go to be promoted over the tree? And the tree said to the fig tree, Come thou and reign over us. But the fig tree said unto them, Should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit and go to be promoted over the trees? Then said the trees unto the vine, Come thou and reign over us. And the vine said unto them, Should I leave my wine, which cherish God and man? and go to be promoted over the trees? Then said all the trees unto the bramble, Come thou, and reign over us. Now listen, the bramble bush is a very interesting bush. This is a bush that has thorns and cecils in it, and it will stick you real bad. If you go up into it, it will tear you up. They went from the olive tree, they went to the fig tree, they went to the vine tree, and eventually they went to the bramble. And each one of these things, they wanted them to come down, and all of a sudden they wanted them to come down, um, they wanted them to come down, and you reign over us. Be very careful when people try to get you to move out of your position. Um, uh, when people want you to move out of your position, you're heading for trouble. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You're heading for trouble. Wherever God made you to be, what God had for you, it is for you. And his anointing he put on your life is specifically for you. And what happens in many cases, Sometimes people allow people to get into their ear to pull them out of the place where God has called them to be just for a title. Be careful of that. Don't you let nobody pull you from off being the watchman what God has called you to do just to get another title. The anointing on your life is so effective. It's too important to rush God. 
to jump out of your place of appointing because sometimes you may not be ready for that yet. The call can be there, but it's not the right time. And everything, God is the God of timing and season. And these folks was looking. They were searching. Now, if God called you to go that way, that's different. But if he didn't, you don't move. And notice the response of each one of these individuals. The olive tree said to them, should I leave my fatness wherewith they honor God and man and go to be promoted over thee? My fatness is honoring God and men is being blessed over thee. I can't do that. The fig tree said unto them, should I forsake my sweetness, my good fruit, and go and be promoted over thee? The fig tree said, my sweetness that I'm doing, I'm not leaving from this. And the good fruits that I'm producing, I'm not leaving from that just to be promoted to rule over you. Listen, a lot of people are passing, y'all, and this is how they got caught up. They went out and let somebody made them decide to leave their churches and go start a church. Are you hearing me? Then the vine tree, they went to the vine tree. Listen to what the vine tree said. When they said, come rain over us, the vine tree said unto them, should I leave my wine that cherish God and man and go and be promoted over thee? This is an interesting topic, folks. It's an interesting topic. Because too often we see people leaving the churches and going with their marbles and starting their own ministry, and they're not even ready for it yet. Now, we know that promotion don't come from the east nor the west. Promotion comes from the Lord. But the Bible said promotion comes from the Lord. Don't allow your gifts and your ability to blind you when you know you ain't ready to lead people, and you step out and try to lead people out of the anointed place God has put you at. He puts you in an olive place. He puts you in a fig tree place. He puts you in a vine place that's very productive, and God is moving, and you leave all of that just because you want to move up to a title to start your own ministry and do something like that. Oh, don't get me twisted now, y'all. I'm not against nobody starting a ministry, but I'm against it if it's not God's will at that time. Go ahead, Brother Kev. Read the rest of the verse. What do you have, 15? Yes, sir. Uh, 15, and the bramble said unto the trees, if in, if in truth ye anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow. And if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Now he's telling him, you got to come underneath me. It's true if you want me to reign over you. If you want me to be a king over you, come and put your trust under my shadow. This ain't talking about he that dwells in Psalm 91, y'all. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high God. Oh, no. This is a man's shadow. Well, he's the king over you. And he's the one calling everything over you. This ain't got nothing to do with God. This is a man who is ambitious for a position to be in power. But his heart ain't right. He's not ready yet for what God has taken him. But he want to rule over people and see what God, he wanted not what God, but he want to rule over the people. He wants the title. But he came in there 
killing people. He killed 70 men. That's the way he came in there. But he don't want to be responsible as the leader. Read on. Now, therefore, if ye have done truly and sincerely, in that ye have made Abimelech king, and if ye have dealt well with Jerubel and his house, and have done unto him according to the deserving of his hand. For my father fought for you, and adventured his life far, and delivered you out of the hands of the Midian. And ye are risen up against my father's house this day, and have slain his sons, threescore and ten persons, upon one stone, and have made Abimelech, the son of his maidservant, king over the men of Shechem, because he is your brother. If ye then have dealt truly and sincerely with Jerubal and with his house this day, then rejoice ye in Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come out from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem and the house of Milo, and let fire come out from the men of Shechem and from the house of Milo and devour Abimelech. And Jothan ran away and fled and went to Beer and dwelt there for fear of Abimelech, his brother. Stop right when, there. Folks, I want to share with you because a lot of times things happen. Things happen in our life. It can get really dangerous. And uh, at this time, Kev, I want you to say something. Hear what you got to say first. No, I I, I I agree, brother. Praise the Lord. Uh, when when you're talking about, we have to be careful, so careful. Uh, when we are enlisted in the army of God in the family of God, we have to realize is that God is the one that does a promotion. Uh, and the Lord will let us know. Uh, I believe Paul said, uh, if 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 he would rather for you to be perfect as he is, or complete and mature in the faith. But if you're not, God will reveal this unto you. And so God is not going to allow you to mislead people. You may have that moment of kind of uh, 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 circumventing a position when you're out of order, but it's only a matter of time. Like the word said, he that exalts himself will be abased. This is a terrible place to be, uh, being somewhere and, and you're not going to prosper. You may have moments that may have a shallowness of uh, that is going in the right direction, but it's not going to proper because God is not in the midst of it. So we have to be, and this is a great story to be reminded of being uh, godliness with contentment, the word said, is great gain. Be satisfied, even if you are a doorkeeper. Be satisfied where the Lord has you at because it's the Lord that's going to move, that's going to promote you, or that's going to give you the joy and the peace where you are. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we, we want the cheers of men. We want the positions of being on the pedestal for, 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 for the wrong reasons. You know, some people want to be uh, the pastor, but the pastor, uh, that's a hard position. And you can only be the pastor under the anointing uh, to be prepared to deliver a message. The God said he has given us pastors after his own heart to feed us with knowledge and understanding. Uh, but to circumvent a position 
or to thrust yourself in a position that God did not have you in is only going to be the remedy of failure, sleepless nights, uh, and also uh, eventually the people uh, may begin to, to turn on you depending on where your motives are because they're going because the Lord will pull the scales or pull the veil back from the people's eyes uh, to see what your motives truly are. Like Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You can't hide your real motives that's in your heart. You let someone talk long enough, and they will truly reveal what's in their heart. Is it about God, giving God the glory and edifying and comforting his people? Or is it about you and putting something in your pocket or promoting you in situations in life other than what God would want you to do? I know that's right, Kev. I know that's right. That is so powerful. Um, because in this this case right here, this man was very ambitious. He wanted to move up by all costs. He went to them and asked them, do they want the 70 people ruling over them, or should they have one person? But he had a hidden agenda. Let me tell you something about hidden agenda. It always come back to bite you in the butt. It's better for people to misconstrue and assume you got a hidden agenda and they be all wrong in that field than you to really have a hidden agenda. Folks, let me tell you something. You got to be very careful. Ministry is nothing to play with. You got to get your hand dirty. Nobody can be in ministry and your hand don't get dirty. You can always tell who loves the money or anything else other than what the ministry is all about. And ministry is work. It's hard work. I, I talked with uh, a grandmother called me and asked me to talk with her grandson, and I just talked with this young man who wanted to commit suicide, and he was a Muslim, 29 years old, three kids, three, four kids, I'm sorry, and he wanted to commit suicide, a Muslim. And I got off the phone with him, and this is what took me a minute to get on with everybody here, but you guys will because I was talking to him and counseling him and talking to him, letting him know how important his life is, 29 years old, four kids, and he was talking about killing himself, folks, because his mom was on drugs, and he just felt as though that it ain't worth living no more. And I told him, you are the game changer. You're the game changer. You don't take your life. What you've done and where you came from does not change where you're going. This is where a lot of people make a mistake. They look at where they came from and think they can't do things great in the future because of what they came from. But my Bible tells me despise not small beginnings. I don't care where you came from. It doesn't matter what your daddy was. It doesn't matter what your mama was. It's now is the time you are the game changer. And as I spent time with him, I talked with him. He told me he was a Muslim. And I told him, we're going to do some more talking. I said, do you have any more questions for me? Because we talked about me just sharing some things with him. I just wanted to encourage him. He said, wow, you, you said a lot of things, man, that I really like what I heard. And so this is what we're here for. This is what we're all about. We got to build up the body of Christ. Folks, we got to build each other up. We're here to build up God's kingdom. And the only way we're going to do that is by dealing with the souls. Do you hear me? Dealing with the souls. Because if we're not careful, we will make a big mess with people's lives. 
if you're not ready to do ministry and your agenda is, is for the money or just to be in charge over people and don't care about people, you got to have a heart for people. You are dealing with the good, the bad, and the ugly in ministry, period. The good, the bad, and the ugly in ministry. Nothing more, nothing less. And you got to understand that as men and women of God, your life is too important to be in a place and go up to the next level and you don't care about people. You got to love people. You got to. And this is what made the Pharisees and the Sadducees of no effect. It was no good for nothing. Let me go back into this, this story right here, and I'm going down this thing because sometimes people wanted to be a pastor. They wanted to be a pastor before their time. You got to have the heart of a pastor. Never leave from the place where God has used you at. The anointing has flowed from your head. The oliveness of the anointing has God used you. The sweetness of the anointing. He used you. The vine of the wine of God that came flowing when God was using you at your church, and you decide to get from you want to go to another level because you want your own, but you're not ready for it yet. I'd rather be a good sergeant than a terrible general any day. Are you hearing me? Sometimes people want a higher position, but they're terrible at that position. When they was underneath authority, there was a lot to be taught. It was a lot you needed to learn. And I, nobody, sometimes people push you. People try to push me all the time. I tell them, you can push all you want to. I'm not going to win until it's the time to go. A lot of people try to push me. Folks, I kid you not, I've been offered a pastoral position many a time. I don't even talk about it. And then I got the other people, on the other hand, who said, oh, he want to be a pastor. He didn't want to be a pastor. And I laughed because I said to myself, they just don't know how many times that position been offered, and I turned it down. Never assume you got somebody figured out. Don't ever think that because sometimes people know more than what you think they know. They Maybe they're not at the title. Maybe they don't want a position. Maybe they're comfortable with God got them in. Maybe they learned how to hear God better than you did. Hello. Because every time somebody says, what the church need right now, we don't need another pastor. We don't need another pastor. And a lot of times you got a lot of people, here come another pastor. We got so many pastors out here, man, we are loaded. We are loaded with pastors. You think we need another church? Listen, and in a lot of cases, what some of these leaders need to do is come underneath other leaders. If you are young in pastorship, go and meet somebody who's seasoned and got wisdom. You know what scares me more than anything? A man who goes into pastorial and don't feel as though nobody could tell him nothing. That scares me, y'all. You heading for trouble. You heading for trouble. Or anybody that leaves from underneath a church that shares the word and really don't want to be bothered with the people at the church, something is wrong with that picture. That's like leaving your dad and mom house and don't want no parts of your own family. That's your bloodline. How can you get rid of your bloodline? Remember, Zerubbabel, they said to him, you are a brother. But listen, this man came and created chaos. And the story would go on that a war will come out. It will be a war, and they was killing everybody, and Zerubbabel was trying to climb up this tower. He was trying to get into this tower 
and somebody took a stone, I don't know if it was a woman or not, and threw that stone down and split his wig wide open. <laughs> That's how he died. I'm telling you. Listen. Killed him just as dead as a doornail. I'm not kidding you. Split his wig open. That's how he died. This man was a murderer. Folks, we got to make sure when you're walking into destiny that God is calling you that. When you're dealing with soul, this is why I, I, it's hard for me to deal with self-righteous people. It's very difficult. Forgive me, y'all. It's very difficult because self-righteous people have a way of hurting people and not knowing they're hurting people and still moving in their self, right, because they don't think they sin. And that's why if you was on the radio yesterday, I was dealing with First John when it talked about if we say we have not sinned, we make him a lie, and the truth is not in us. All have sinned. Not some have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We need the Lord in our life, y'all. But I said this, and it's important for me to share this, because I don't want anybody out there to think that you got to have people force you into a position. Don't let nobody force you to move from where God puts you at. If the Lord got you there and you're doing a great work underneath a pastor and leadership, you stay right there and let God continue to groom you. You know what you need in your spirit. If God didn't tell you to move, don't you move. You do ministry, you continue to build up, and you help the church where you're at. They need you to be there. They don't need you to just go out and start pastoring. Every time someone is being used in ministry, they say the next move is be a pastor. No, the next move is continue to serve, continue to build wherever the church needs help at. Build, build, encourage, strengthen the believers. Jesus told Peter this, Satan has desired to sniff you as weak. But I have prayed for you, and when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. Peter went through a big hit. The devil wanted to tear him up. But he told him, you're going to have to go through something. But when you are converted, truly converted, Peter, strengthen your brother. Peter struggled with pride. He struggled with arrogance. Peter was his own enemy. God was sending Peter to the Gentiles. And every time Peter showed up with the Gentiles, great things happened. God was moving. The man is standing there talking, talking to the Gentiles. And the Holy Ghost falls on everybody and baptizes them like crazy. And then Peter said, let's get them all baptized. He was flowing. Peter was bad, man. He was flowing and moving, and God was moving with him. But when the other Jews came around, Peter was a man pleaser. He worried about what people thought about him. God, help us. Do you ever get that nudge when your friends tell you, hey, Doc, you need to go start your own ministry by now, man. Anybody else doing it? He was worried about what people thought about him. You can never be effective in God's kingdom worrying about what folks think about you. That ain't your problem. When people got to worry about their reputation, you don't have a reputation to keep. One of the things I share with people is this. In the days of old, if you hung around the disciples, the disciples, it was ugly. You was put as an outcast. Folks didn't take that lightly. You was not embraced well because you was looked upon as an outcast because you hanging around those Christians. 
It was a bad reputation. It was a bad name. Now you got people who doing this with the fence. I don't want to be around them because they're so important. Let me tell you something, folks. Jesus hung around the messed up folks, the people that you and I would say, I ain't sitting with no tax collector. Oh, she was an adulterous woman. Everybody had her. Master, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law and Moses said we should stone her. What do you say? Jesus was having mercy. He was sitting around sinners. The only people foundation that he shook was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Those were the religious self-righteous people. He shook their foundation because they didn't believe he needed to be around those people. Now, listen, folks, if you came out of the world of crap, you, I'm not telling you to go back and hang around all the crackheads now, all right? That's not what Brother Calvin is saying. No, no, because you're going to be down there smoking with them, too. If you came out of alcohol, I'm not telling you to go hang around anybody that's knocking 40s down left and right. Old English, um, old English 800, and what's that, Mad Dog 2012, and don't you go around those people. If you knew that you was a whoremonger, I'm not telling you to be around all your boys who are players because you're going to be doing the same thing, jumping up and down in the bed with ladies too. Listen, I'm saying to you, if it's someone who you know that is going through and you can inspire the brother and you can encourage him and you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, iron sharpen iron. If you see a brother who's overtaken in the fall, you which are spiritual shall restore the brother in the spirit of meekness. Don't push him away. Oh, man, he's sending. I ain't got time for him, man. He done did this three or four times. I'm done with him. Did Jesus say that about you? How many times Jesus had patience with people? I better yet, didn't Proverbs say a deaf man falls seven times and he rises up again, but the name of the wicked shall rot? Didn't God say he was married to the backslider? Who was that, Kev? Hosea, who was married to his wife, and she went going a whoring on her, and he kept telling her to go back? And get her again? Yes. She was bringing his love to Israel. Go ahead, Ken. Go ahead. You want to say something, bro? No, I was saying that was uh, Hosea. Uh, but that was God was uh, using his life uh, as a demonstration or illustration for what was going on with Israel. Uh, Israel was uh, being a whoremonger with other gods. And, you know, as we begin to look at stories like that, that's why we don't question God. He's the potter with the clay. God may be using us right where we are, whether in our homes, whether in our community, whether in our church community, whether on our jobs. He may be using us in a situation to be an illustration uh, to someone else that they may be able to see. They may not understand the word and their unregenerated state uh, not being saved. They may not understand what the word says, but what's going on in your life and in the fact that you're remaining faithful to God may be just as a may be a catalyst for them to begin to uh begin to ask you certain things about the relationship you have with God because they see you remaining faithful. That's why we should not be overtaken or overwhelmed by situations that God may allow us to go through because God may be using our life and our, that moment in our life as an illustration to someone else that can see that even though you're going through which appears to be some trying times that you're remaining faithful to God. You're still doing what God has set before you, even though it doesn't appear 
this life here walking with the Lord, and I can't walk any other way. I didn't always walk with him until the age of 44. I'm now 54, bless God for it. Uh, but I can't be any other place other than, where, other than where God wants me at. The word tells us that we have been bought with a price. We are not our own. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. That's even in your attitude. Uh, not only the things you do, but what comes out of your mouth. Some of us, we may quote a scripture, but when it comes to living this life, we may be complaining like everybody else. But the Lord wants us to be steadfast, anchored, rooted, and grounded in every situation. And we know the joy of the Lord is our strength, and the peace of God passes all understanding, keeping our hearts and our minds. Regardless of what we're going through, we need to just stay the course, continue to seek God, even if it appears that sometimes God is not hearing our prayers because we're still finding ourselves in that situation, but yet God is using it for his good and for our good. Amen. And that's the thing that we got we to gotta remember. Also, I want to say to everybody, also, if you want to come in, just put star eight, and uh, you should be able to get right in here with us uh, anytime um, – if you want to make a comment or anything you might want to say, feel free to just say it, okay? So we just want to put that out there. Um, and so we just want everybody to just know that. Uh, please, if you got a comment, we want to hear from you. Just uh, push that star eight and come on in and say something to us. We're talking about if it's God's agenda, was it my agenda? Um, and in many cases, we don't really know uh, what people, because the people like to throw the Lord out there, you know, the Lord uh, is calling me to, you know, to do this, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. And when they throw the Lord up there because they don't want you to fight against what they're doing, and you could tell this person ain't ready for this, but the Lord is calling me, and God is not floppy, y'all. And sometimes you may have the ability, but it ain't the time to leave. Let's turn to David. And think about what he was like. Here is a young man who was minding the sheep. The prophet comes to town to anoint the next king. Samuel didn't tell nobody who he was anointing. He was anointing for, he didn't let the people know that he was being the anointed king because he was talking to the Lord about it. He said, if Saul hear about this, he would kill me. And so the question God told him, he said, just tell him you're there to make a sacrifice to offering. And that's what he did. So he anoints him in front of all his brothers because everybody walked in front of the prophet. Y'all know the story. Neither None of these men was the chosen one. And then David, he said, look to Sam, uh, what's his dad named Jesse, and say, are all these your sons? He said, no, I have one more son, but he's back there with the sheep. And Sammy says to Jesse, go and fetch him, but we cannot sit down and eat till he comes. And when they went and got David and told him, you got to go to the den and the prophet waiting for you. He want to pray over you. He want to see you. And so when David gets there, he walks through the room, and the Bible said he was rugged and goodly, goodly to look to. And the Bible said the Lord spoke to Samuel to arise, anointing that's him. And he poured the oil on the youngest brother out of eight boys, the youngest. And guess what happened? The Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forth. He goes back to the sheep and kills a bear, y'all. 
a bear is a big beast. Believe me. When he's standing up on his feet, he's like eight feet tall. He's a big beast. A bear. He kills a lion. A lion whose length from his nose to his tail is nine feet long. How do you kill an animal that big? The anointing. The anointing. And then he finally comes out and he kills Goliath, the giant. Isn't this odd? But yet he's still ready. He wasn't ready yet to be the king. He was served underneath Saul faithfully. David didn't want to leave the kingdom. Saul drove him out the kingdom. Do you hear me? Me and the brothers were talking today, and one of the brothers brought up so beautiful, he said there's a difference between being church-minded and kingdom-minded. Church-minded is what I could do for the church, 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 the church. Kingdom-minded is bigger, broader. What can I do for the body of Christ? The body needs to be stronger. The body needs to get better. The body needs to hear to hear from the Lord and be anointed. And a lot of times what's happening is people are thinking church money and not kingdom money. When you think kingdom money, you know this is not God's will for me to go start another church. We need to build the kingdom of God. And building the kingdom of God is building up the people of God who is in the kingdom, who is a part of the kingdom. Beloved, because you got the power, the ability to do certain things, that don't mean that you got to lead everything. You got what I'm saying? And some people, they believe they got to be in charge of everything. Let me tell you something about me. I don't follow nobody who got in anoint and ordained to be in a place that they should not be in. I don't care how well they can preach, how well they can teach, and how what type of they don't go on and start a church and hung who all left with them. I don't care who all left with them. God ain't told me to move. I'm not budging. I'm sitting right there. I'm praying for you, wishing you the best, brother. But God ain't tell me to join you. Listen, we gotta know for certain because lives is at stake. When you miss God, how many people lives? change. A wise man once told me, always remember, Calvin, every time you make a decision, you change the future. There are some people God had better things for them, but they didn't want to wait for it. I remember a friend of mine told me this many years ago that he had a dream, y'all. Now listen to this dream. He said he dreamt that he was at upstairs at the living room waiting and the, tent, the table was decked out. And he was about to eat dinner. It was laid out. Everything was on the table with the, uh, the handkerchief was all over the, the table, everything. And he was waiting to eat. And he said to himself, I'm tired of waiting. I don't want to wait any longer. So he said he got up from that table and went downstairs in the basement. And he seen a sweet roll. And that roll looked real sweet and delicious. Outwardly, he said, and Calvin, when I bit into that thing, this was in 1992, he told me, about 92 or 94, he said, when I bit into that roll, he said, it was the nastiest thing I've ever had in my life. He came, he woke him up out of the dream that time because it looked it beautiful. You know, the saying, the grass looked green on the other side. But when he bit into it and he tasted it, he found out it wasn't what he thought it was. The Bible tells us about the Lord now. 
It's the old taste and see that the Lord is good. He was at the table. And when he told me that dream, I realized right away, this brother is going to be in a place that God has decked out the table for him. He's about to set him up to eat good and eat well. But because of his impatience, he was going to leave from the place of the table and go down in the basement. He didn't go up higher. He went down in the basement. And he saw a road that looked sweet and looked pleasant and bit into it. And that brother went on, and guess what happened, folks? He met him a PYT, pretty young thing. And he married that PYT, pretty young thing. And after he married her, he realized that he had married the wrong person because his thinking was on another wave. Let me be truthful with y'all. He was thinking about butt and breast when he married this woman. Men, be aware. Don't think about butt and breast. Women, be aware. Don't think about cute and handsome. You better make sure that these men love God. Men, you better make sure these women love God. Saints, y'all will be surprised who's out there preaching the gospel all over, and they are dating people who are not saved. You know, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon said, there is an evil that I've seen underneath the sun. There is something that just don't work right. You cannot be unequally yoked with unbelievers. I've never seen men of God singing and preaching and marrying women who not even saved. What is this type of attraction? Where is this coming from that you can be attracted to something that looks so pretty outside, but it's so unclean on the inside? What is it that draws you to these things? Remember, folks, if you want to say something, just push star eight. I want to hear from you. If you have any questions, please push star eight. This is Word of Fire Ministry. I am your host, Calvin Myers, and my buddy, Kevin Keyes is here, and we are here to talk about the Bramble Bush. The Bramble Bush is a bush that has thorns and thistles in it, and these people wanted a leader. And one of the men that escaped, because Zerubbabel killed 70 men, and he paid people to, he hired hit men to kill them so he could lead them. And when he took over, he was an evil leader because he was ambitious to be in position. And the parable says about the vine and everything else that they was pulling on these vine, the fig tree, and the olive tree to come and lead them, but they would not move. Folks, we got to be very careful when people pull on you because the devil will get you, pull you out from the place where God has blessed you. And once he pull you out, and make a fool out of you underneath somebody else's ministry or underneath your own ministry. He would dress you up like Flip Wilson used to dress up and act like a fool. Do you hear me? And you be sounding like Flip Wilson saying, the devil made me do it. When it didn't have nothing to do with the devil. You did that because you wanted to do that. And nothing to do with that. How many times we see that? And if people make those mistakes, because mistakes happen, some people honestly make mistakes. If you make the mistake and you laugh, come back to the place you left and let God rebuild you all over again. I bet you come back with more wisdom, 
more understanding, more knowledge, more grace, more power. But don't let your pride blind you that I can't go back because I stepped out and became a pastor. They're going to look at me. What the people ah, is going to say about me. Kevin, if there's anything you want to say, I'm all ears, my brother. You know, uh, just look, just looking at that that parable in uh, verse 15 in uh, in the text, uh, Judges 9 and 15, it says, And the bramble said unto the tree, If in truth ye anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow, and if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. I was just thinking about, and you're talking about a shadow of a bramble bush. You know, you're under a shadow, but yet the closest, it's a false sense of protection. It's a false sense of comfort. Because as you get under that shadow, a bramble bush has thorns and thistles. And so mm. as you get closer to uh, the, the so-called false facade, uh, it's going to do more harm than good. And, you know, mm. when you're talking about selecting husband and wives and when you, when you want to just go before or go under the umbrella of the anointing and, um, and, and, and take positions of, of, of positions of elevation, uh, it's going to be a price to pay. You know, the, the best thing for all of us is to be get familiar with the word of God. That's where the wisdom comes from. Uh, the word tells us that wisdom is justified by her children, of her children. And so we have to walk circumspectly, like the word say, and not as fools. We can't move. This is serious business. You're talking about sleepless nights when you do it on your own. Sleepless nights, your, your pieces usurp from you, you find yourself in embarrassing situations, uh, but we have to stay under the anointing. We have to stay in the word of God, the message of God, and around true people of God. Uh, when we're talking about selecting someone for husband and wife, they should bear the fruit of the spirit. You know, unfortunately, you have some people like this bramble bush providing a shadow of a false sense of comfort, but as you get closer to them, you get stuck by the thorns. Uh, they should bear the fruit of the spirit, you know. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 regardless of what it looked like, you know, it's not always what it seems, what it looks like. Uh, yeah. And we, the word said, we walk by faith and not by sight. So, you know, we quote that scripture, but we got to rely on the eyes of the Lord and not our own eyes. Yes. Right. Well, right. I got to say something, people. Um, welcome to Sound City Radio. We're here about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. All we ask you to do is be real, be safe, and be ready. But, um, Minister Cal, you got a caller. Okay, bring him on in, caller. Hello, caller. Hello. Hi, Minister Calvin. How are you? Hi, I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm well. It's Lady T on a mic. I, I'm coming in. I've been listening to you, and everything that you've been saying is is definitely um, the word, and is definitely coming from the place that is led. I felt everything that you were saying and agreed on what you were saying as far as um, you know, not being out of the spirit when a lot of people I have seen myself um come up from underneath <clears throat> the teaching that they were raised under, 
And Mm -hmm. at some point I did have a little uncertainty about that. When I was raised in the church that I was raised from birth, when I really felt like maybe at some point I had um, grown a little bit more and maybe Sunday or Tuesday and Thursday after Thursday and Sunday and Tuesday, um, I felt like it was a repetition. Sometimes you do have to switch gears, switch Mm -hmm. um, teachings. And I think that some people become stagnant because they do feel like if they come up from underneath where they had been raised or the the, um, time they had put into a church that, they will be looked at funny. I know some that have left the church and been like, and people have looked at them like, you know, why'd you do that? Or they become, to me, I feel like they become exiled, kind of like the Church of Scientology type thing. And more recently I have become very, I don't know, just a little weary about how I feel like the churches have become separate, kind of like if this is my church and we do this, that, and the third. So, like, if somebody is to come up underneath, like, say I went to John of Church and and somebody who was there since birth left and wanted to pastor their own um, church, that these churches are not supportive of one another, which really does take a little bit, um, not even take a little bit, but it, it becomes a little confusing because it's like, as opposed to feeling like this person has started or going to another church because they were led by God, because they, you know, you know, all this time they were raised here, they had been underneath an anointing, they leave, and then you feel like this is something that, in in our minds, that what they couldn't have been led. Why would you leave this church? You know, we needed you here. You were the minister of music. You were this, that, and the third. So when they go to their church, then these churches aren't even affiliated because of, feeling like you, you've left outside of God's will because why would God have you leave here, you know? And, and it's true that you say you have to be underneath the anointing. You have to have the discernment of who God is so, you know, you can feel comfortable about transitioning when you are no longer a babe in Christ. And maybe, you know, we all are supposed to grow, but we all grow at different paces. And just because you are underneath someone who. Um, was your mentor or your your leader at the time doesn't mean that you should feel any type of way about leaving or vice versa, the people who see you leave feel any type of way about you leaving. You know, sometimes I, I felt I felt weird. I believe we had this conversation before in your other show about just how um, some things really make you stagnant because of what you're taught and because of the connection that you build with the church home that you've been in for so long that when you do leave or you do something out of the norm, um, that is kind of like shunned, especially for some of the um, saints that are older too, because, you know, old folks, even if it comes to church, business, living, family, they all have a different, a, a certain mentality about the way things are supposed to go. And it really does kind of hinder some people because I was that person. I really, before I left my church and felt like it was time for me to leave, I felt like, whoa, um, kind of scared. I wonder what people are going to say. I wonder how they're going to feel. I wonder if I'm still going to be able to come and teach dance. I wonder if I'm still going to be able to come and, you know, not anyone feel like, oh, you out of the, the will of God, but, you know, that how are you or, or you know, um, it, it kind of seemed like, oh, she's back. But no one ever knew what what people do outside of the, the church that they leave because it's like, oh, they left. And mm. what could be their reason? You know what I mean? But um, mm. it's true that we do have to be 
underneath the anointing and really have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? With that, it comes, you know, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And in those things, I feel like if a person is to leave, go to another church, um, go from this church to that church, that all churches should really be on one accord with the will of God and the kingdom mindset. And when that's in place, then it don't matter if you leave. And like you said, it don't matter if you come back either. Welcome back. You know what I mean? What did you learn? How can we share? What can we share from where you left, you know, and, and where you are now type of thing? Um, because of tradition, really, tradition really does bring sometimes a um, standstill and a, a, yeah, like a standstill with some people because they don't know how to go outside of their tradition. Like, this is where you're supposed to be. Um, but I agree with what you were saying totally. I just also want to say that in addition to, you know, leaving that, like you said, you have to understand, you have to know that, number one, you were supposed to leave, that's in your will, in God's will, and you be mindful and do protocol where you let your pastor, your bishop know that, you know, this is what I feel, and y'all have mm-hmm. to talk. They may feel indifferent, but, you know, hoping that they understand that God has a purpose for everybody, and if that's your purpose, then let's work together. You going to that church, let's, you know, okay, you need Bible study, we're doing Bible study together, whatever. You know, just it be cohesive. Like, you know, we spoke about the church having to be a business in some regard because we need to keep the lights on. We have to keep the pews clean. We got to keep the, you know, the air conditioner and the heat working on the different seasons. So I think that some churches need to, or, or not some churches, but some leaders have to remember that the purpose is God. The purpose is bringing souls into the kingdom. And if another church is being built, that the way that we show how we are God-like is to support that church and to say, you know, this is my brother. He he has a service. Because it's like it's not about, you know, so it, sometimes it can be about us coming into this church because who's here and who brings tithes, offering, regardless if it's monetary or just hands-on work, um, is beneficial to the kingdom. However, I feel like sometimes people are scared when people leave their church and, and move into a different circumstance where they have, are building an, an additional kingdom, and they become crab in a barrel as if it was a worldly thing. You know, they don't say, you know, Brother Stevens has his own church or Brother Lewis has his own church now. You know, if y'all can go in and, and, and you know, um, support him. In his, in his journey, you know what I mean? I've never really seen that in the circumstances that I've actually seen some people leave and start their own ministry. So because yeah. I've been underneath the cloth for so long and I've seen that perpetuate where people have left and joined their own churches or, or joined another church or what have you, so many people have their noses up in the air and it's like we just lost a team member. And we have yeah. A part in the Bible that says, and every man that strives mastery is not crowned except he strive lawfully. Um, it's protocol. Uh, right. I, I, I just don't understand sometimes for our people, people of color, we struggle with authority. And then those who are in authority, we struggle with putting others in authority. And it's almost like it, it makes you really feel uneasy. But the way it's supposed to be is when you submit yourself to your leaders because uh, people of color, we as people of color, we love hard. All of us do. And if someone dies, nobody tear up the church like we do. Lord, we tear the church up. <laughs> right. And we're just as mean to that person when they was alive, but when they die, then we realize our sin, and we tear the church up. Mm-hmm. So 
a lot of cases, what we do is uh, with our pastors, we burn them out sometimes. We have right. good pastors and great pastors, and we burn them out too soon because we put so much pressure on them when we should have spread the wealth. And what I mean spread the wealth is if you have a problem, go find strong saints and go to them and let them be in the battle to fight with you. And a lot of times we all pull on the pastor like he's God, and we wear the man of God out. We wear him out to the point that when he comes to the church, he dread to come there because as soon as he gets to the doorpost, Pastor, I've been mm-hmm. looking for you. I need to talk to you about my son. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wear him down. <clears throat> Not knowing this man got other things he got to be concerned about, too. And he tried to redirect them to some, well, go talk to mother. So, no, I talked to her. Mm-mm, I need mm-hmm. you, Pastor. In a lot of cases, we burn the pastors out. We put such a burden on them. Mm-hmm. But the told we're supposed to serve underneath our leader faithfully and right. do things that will help the body and build up the kingdom. And we don't need to be up in the man of God face 24-7. Some people think, I make sure the pastor see me, the pastor see me, the pastor see me. They do it as the pastor watching them and rewarding them. But mm-hmm. they got to do it as unto the Lord. You can always tell who loved the Lord and who loved the pastor more. Because when right. the pastor go away, you look around and see who's in church. Mm-hmm. Watch who's coming out to pray. See if they still on their post. That's when you can tell. And we, I, I truly believe we waste a lot of time judging who ain't living holy. We mm-hmm. waste endless hours of preaching to the choir how to live holy. Folks, let me say this and save everybody a trip and a journey. If the person know the word and they've been saved for a while, you wasting your wheels trying to preach to them over and over about you got to get together, you got to get together, and mm-hmm. beating them up over and over and over and over. Keep moving in God. Pray, strengthen. If they need you, they come to you. Be there for them. But do not waste your time being someone who is critical of people who are falling into sin. You don't have that much time in life to worry about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You got to be all you can be. For everybody's life. And the thing is, back to the pastor, I just want to say this. It's important to be underneath a good pastor because a good pastor, when you come back, he's going to embrace you. I've heard our pastor say this many a time. He said, if you come back the right way, <laughs> you'll be receptive right back into the family. I hear, I hear pastors fall and say that many a time. You think folks will come back? They won't do it. It's a word called pride. Pride stands for, please remember, ignorance destroys everything. (laughs) Listen, y'all, we got to get to a point that we can always build each other up. We got to be able to submit ourselves to authority. Come underneath what authority is there. Do what is asked of you. Everybody don't have to be up front, and we don't need to get pats on the back. Do it as unto the Lord. If you're faithful in doing it, God rewards you. And when the time comes, 
you pray that God will deliver. When the time comes that God will allow you um, to come in to the body, you pray that when that happens, when you do it as unto the Lord, God sees it and he will reward you. Be committed. Learn all you can. Remember, the more you learn, the more valuable you are to the church and to the kingdom. There's two people. Like I said, it's the church and then it's the kingdom of God. The church is the building, and then the kingdom of God is the body of Christ. And so as we come to the church, every day we go to, every Sunday, that is, we go to church, and uh, we come to be a part of the fellowship with the body of Christ. But every day we deal with kingdom, kingdom's problems, and people need us to be a part of a kingdom. And when the time comes, if God has elevated you in the church, and you go to your pastor and you talk with him about moving on, and he will listen to you. He will pray with you and agree with you, or he will go before the Lord and tell you, just hold on a little bit longer. And when he says that, you don't get mad. Too often we as people of color, we wait till it's a fallout, and then we split the church. Right. We need to do that, saints. We need to come together and build up the church. And when you leave, if you leave the right way, even though pastors love you because they get attached to you, no pastor is right mind want to leave his good members. I promise you that. Right. He wants his good members to stay there with him. But if he understands the kingdom works, he will send you out when the time comes. And he will send you out with people. And he will be able to help you do the work of the Lord because there are pastors who send people out and they send people with them. And they put the pastors on salary and they report back to them because they underneath authority. We call them bishops. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good a good point you brought up there. And, and, I, and I hope everybody that's listening understand what the sister is saying, because there's a time and a place for everything. Timing is very important. Folks, never leave from a church when the church is hurting, mm-hmm. when the pastor had died and the church is bleeding and it's bust wide open. That ain't the time for you to say, well, I guess it's time for me to start my own ministry. Amen? Mm-hmm. Nah, that ain't the time to do that. You stay there with them, and you boo-hoo, and you weep with those who weep, and you moan with them. And after they get a healing, and you free in your spirit, then you move on. But if you got your own agenda, as soon as the church gets split or the pastor die, you would, now I'm going to start my ministry. I've been waiting for years in the cut. Mm-hmm. Now i got my, that's the wrong time to do that. It's a long time to do that. The people is hurting. Never make the sheep choose between you and the leadership that they have. Don't make them do that because they may enjoy you and your ministry, what God has given you. But now you put pressure on them. If you can't wait, they got to choose between staying when God didn't tell them to leave. Mm-hmm. They choose. They got to fight. That's a battle. I've seen that right. They true. really wanted to stay, but because this pastor was leaving, they left with him because they was loyal to that man. I'm sorry. Go ahead, sis. You were going to say something. No, I was agreeing. I was saying that you were absolutely right, that, um, you know, in that time of mourning that you never, you know, are support. And, and I know that in sometimes in our human flesh that sometimes, especially if a pastor is to pass away, um, that you, it, it's hard to know or feel comfortable about the other person coming unless, you know, they have been, 
prepping, being groomed, and you starting to feel, you know, nobody is like the pastor that you was raised with. Nobody was like that pastor that really you was able to cry on their shoulder and all of that. So sometimes you do become very carnal and selfish, you know what I mean, to step out, like you said, during a time that is so sensitive, especially when you played an, played an important role in the service. You know, it's, it's definitely true to not be selfish because the way you set it up is the way it ends up. And if you leave underneath that type of spirit, underneath that type of direction, then, you know, not woe to your, your service because hoping that you still have that anointing and God will assist you to either um, mature in where you're at or take you back home. But, yeah, that right there is definitely true to not want to abandon because of your own personal reasons because you may have wanted to either have a position or you didn't like who was in position. You know, losing a pastor is a really hard thing, and nobody's ever prepared for it, not even the pastor, before they leave to know who is the right one that's supposed to be even in that position to to take, you know. So and no I agree. When that happened, when folks do that and they left that church while that pastor was, the, the people of God was wounded, mm-hmm. you, you're setting your own church up. You don't know how that church is going to want to split like that. Because the same way you did to that ministry or that pastor's ministry with God, it's going to come back to you. So you got to be very careful how you leave a church. When it's a fallout, that is not the time to take your marbles and run. I've seen great men of God that when a scandal busts out, they didn't leave. They sat there for years and never moved at all. Mm-hmm. And moved, never moved at all. And they ride it out and let years go by until they was restored the right way. And then once they were fully restored, they moved on. But never, ever, ever. You don't want that stigma on your new ministry that you start in your church. If you leave a church the wrong way, you want the divine favor of God on your church. You can't do somebody wrong. Even if the past, you felt as though that pastor was wrong, you still don't leave. You sit there and ride it out. You bring peace back into that house that you're underneath. And then after all that is settled, I mean, it's really settled. And then if the Lord, the Lord, not us, leads you to move on, then you move on. But this is a story that teaches us when a person is ambitious, it's a dangerous thing. He kills 70 men. He hires them, and he goes and kills 70 men, and then he created chaos while he was leading. And eventually he came to an embarrassing end, but because of what he did and how he did it. And if I'm not mistaken, folks, maybe, Kevin, if you could correct me or my scholars that's out there, I believe those 70 sons, were they the offspring of Gideon? I'm not sure. I think it could be Gideon's son. I'm not sure. Maybe Kevin would know about it. I'm not. No, you're, you're correct. You're correct. That was uh, the Gideon uh, family. And you guys remember Gideon. He did a mighty work. But even Gideon battled with the, those idols and those uh, altars, building up those altars. He struggled. He struggled with that. But he had his 70 sons that was running the house. And this dude came in and wiped out Gideon. Sons, think about that, man. I mean, think about this. People have always been ambitious mm-hmm. in a negative way. In a negative way, they've always been ambitious about their own uh, agenda. Uh, um, so, 
I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. And so, I mean, I, I, I don't really know what gets people in the mood to start coming like this and where they get this from. But uh, for whatever reason, you have people who get caught up into a situation at times when they get missed the mark and they jump the gun too soon and go out here and miss God. And listen, folks, when you do that, you're messing with people's lives. You really are. You're messing with good men and women of God's lives. You get what I'm saying? And, and that's the saddest thing about the whole thing in a nutshell is because you don't want to be messing with people's lives like that. Because you mess up people's lives, somebody say you start off wrong, you always be wrong. <laughs> it's like the story that we heard about truth and lies. Listen, man, here's the story, truth and lies. The story is real. You don't never want to lie. It's one thing when a man lies, but it's another thing when a man believes his own lie. This is the story, y'all. Truth went out to take a dip in the pond down south. So he took off all his clothes, jumped in the pond, and went swimming. And as he was swimming, Lie walked up and saw Truth swimming. And he looked in the grass and seen Truth's clothes in the grass. And Lie took off all of his clothes and put on the Truth clothes. And then Lie walked into the city. And when Lie went to the city with Truth's clothes on, Lie went to the city saying, I'm the truth, I'm the truth. And the old folks looked up. Now, the old folks got discerning, and they got wisdom. Old folks looked and seen Lie coming with truth clothes on. They said it looks like the truth. It's dressed up like the truth, but it sounds like a lie. And all of a sudden, back at the pond, while truth is swimming, he gets out the water. Truth realized his clothes is missing. But lie clothes is laying in the grass where his clothes was at. And the truth said, I'm not putting on no lie. I don't want to sound like a lie. I don't want to be a lie. I don't want to talk like a lie. And truth went on to the town. And when the old folks looked up and saw truth coming, they said, now there is the truth, the naked truth. Folks, let me tell you something. God is moving with the naked truth these days and times. I don't care how well you can teach. I can care how less, how loud, how good you can squall. It doesn't matter how well you can prophesy. It doesn't matter how well you can teach. It doesn't matter how gifted you are in talking. It doesn't matter how well you can prophesy. It doesn't matter if you got the gift of healing. Because we living in a time when you got a lot of imitators out here. Imitators. They imitate what they see. People have learned how to preach, how to sound. They know church, but they don't know kingdom. And so when you hear them, you are discerning, this is a man that knows church, but he don't know kingdom. Kingdom-minded people is bigger than preaching. Kingdom-minded people is not trying to bring their attention to themselves, but unto the Lord. Kingdom-minded people like to build the kingdom of God. They're not jockeying for positions. And kingdom-minded people move in such a way that they make a difference in people's life. So we got to make sure we are kingdom-minded people. Kevin, is there anything you want to say or Sister C, anybody want to say something? We're listening. 
Remember, please dial star 8 if you want to talk. Just push star 8 if you want to talk. Kevin, are you there? Yes, I am. I was just listening to uh, a lot of things you were saying about protocol. Um, You know, God is a God of order and not confusion. Uh, But I think what it also comes down to about hearing the Lord and making moves based on the anointing and not selfish motives, whatever they may be. And we know truly what's deep down in the heart, and we know that the omniscient God knows. And and that's why we we must all seek the Lord on a daily basis, uh, be connected with God, uh, and, and really try to overcome and, you know, ask the Lord to beat back the forces of darkness about when pride is setting in, uh, when we're seeking attention uh, and not seeking uh, to do the things that God would have us to do. But I'm just listening, and I'm listening and learning as well, uh, because I think a lot of us uh, at different times in our lives, we may be going through certain things ourselves within the body. Uh, And it was very encouraging uh, when you said uh, that not to leave the church when it's in turmoil. Uh, but just to stay there, to stay grounded and rooted. Uh, but once again, it's about God's agenda and not our own personal agenda because sometimes we, we can get a little selfish uh, for whatever reasons. Uh, even We may think a position comes with certain, uh, uh, I guess, rewards, uh, more carnal rewards than, than kingdom rewards. And I think we have to stay grounded and truly ask ourselves before we make moves, is this for the kingdom, or is it just for me? Uh, because if it's for you, once again, it's, it's going to be uneasy. Uh, it's, it's going to uh, take away your peace, uh, and it's going to trouble you, and you're not going to prosper uh, when you do it on your own and not when the Lord uh, has directed us to do it. Folks, I tell you, man, this is heavy. When you hear these things, because there's a lot to be learned and a lot to turn to take in. Um, again, every man that strives for mastery is not crowned except he strive lawfully. When you want to know the roots and the backbone of the church, I encourage everybody to go to the book of James, and it will give you great clarity how one must conduct themselves in uh, in the ministry. What is required of ministry? What is the order of the ministry? James is a powerful brother. He brings such a structure. This is the brother James that they call Camonese. He prayed so much. So he was a praying man, but he understood what was the church purpose, how to conduct ourselves inside of the household of faith. And he reminded us that if we go through trials and tribulations to endure hardness as a good soldier, folks, you have a legacy of great men and women of God in this Bible who left such great instructions on how we are to conduct ourselves as people. I want to see the black church grow and not be so bitter and not be so divided. We should never be like crabs in a barrel. I, I got your arm. You guys know it's summertime. You get the crabs and you pulling one out and three all hooked up together. And the last one, the last crab one took somebody's arm off or somebody's leg off. You might be going, but I'm taking your arm with me. I mean, come on. Not knowing that they're going to the boiler. 
and eventually they're coming back to get you too to throw you in the boiler. We should not have a crab mentality. They ain't going to leave me behind. I take his arm. I take his leg. Another man's game is not our loss. And in many cases, we make it turn it into a personal battle when it's never a personal battle. Things happen to all of us. What if Jesus took it personal when Peter denied him? Don't you know that Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him three times before the clock crowed? He told us to Peter. But what if Jesus took it personal? Well, I told him he was going to deny me. He argued me down. I don't want to be bothered with him. I want all the rest of the disciples. But don't you don't tell Peter. You got to watch him. Come on, folks. We can't do that. We got to move forward. Go and tell my disciples and Peter to meet me in that upper room. God want to do more for you than you can ever imagine. Saints, I, I promise you, do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Pray. And when you finish praying, pray some more. Pray that God will give you clarity. Pray that the Lord will give you understanding. And he will do that if you let him do it. He will give you understanding. But you got to let the Lord give you the understanding you need and be a pillar. I always tell this to my sons. I say you want to be an asset, not a liability. And when you are in the place of authority, you got to learn to be swift to hear and slow to peak. And as a leader, you cannot allow everybody to get your ear and turn you against other people in your church. You can't let that happen. The Bible says whisper separates the chiefs of friends. You want to always be in a place that you can move the right way. Be calm. Grow in the kingdom of God. Let God continue to develop you to what he wants to use you for. He has a plan for you. He wants to do something in your life. But you got to let him do what he needs to do with your life. And uh, as God continues to develop you, he will take you to those places that you need him to take you to in your life. And you will be glad that you wait on the Lord and be of a good encouragement. Joshua waited 40 years before he can be the next leader. Or you talk about making people wait for 40 years, you're going to have a problem. Me, 40 years? You must be crazy. I'm not waiting 40 years. I got saved yesterday, and tomorrow I'm a pastor. <laughs> so you got to really know that when God calls you into these places, I want you to be aware of this because I want to read something to you. Let's go to the book of James if you have your Bible. Let's go to James chapter 1. James begins to explain some things to us because James sounds a lot to me like a pastor. He reminded me of a seasoned pastor that understood what God's will was for the church and how God wanted to use the church for his glory. And a lot of times we're not aware of that, what God is doing, and we can get impatient and miss God. And we, if we miss God, we affect other people when we miss God. You got to remember when you are anointed by God, his lives is connected to your life. Let's listen to James chapter 1. He said, blessed is blessed James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting 
my brother, and count it all joy. He has the heart of a pastor. Listen, when you fall into divers, that means various trials, temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you might be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, doesn't he sound like a seasoned pastor? Let him ask of God and give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not. In other words, if you lack wisdom, go to God. He give it to all men freely and upbraid it not, meaning God ain't going to say, well, you wasn't good, so I'm going to hold this wisdom back for you. No, he's going to give you wisdom, and it's to be given and it's to be given him. But let him act in faith, not wavering. For he that wavers like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. James is a praying man, y'all. He's saturated in wisdom, and he know how to teach us with instruction. Listen. In all his ways, verse 9, let the brother of low degree, the brother of humble circumstances, rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low, that he is made low. The rich man that he's made low. Excuse me for a minute. Um, But the rich in that he's made low because as the flower in the grass, he surpassed away. For the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withers the grass, and the flower there falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perish. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man, ah, that endures temptation. The good thing. Blessed is the man that can endure temptation. For when he is tried, he or she, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. But listen to what he said. Let no, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. Mm-hmm. And listen to verse 16. Do not err, my beloved, and be good and perfect gift come from above and comes down from the Father of light in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Kevin, you wanted to say something? Anybody want to say something? No, I was just responding to the, to the, the, the purity of God's word and uh, just how essential it is when we follow God's word uh, we find out that we bring forth fruit, and when we don't, uh, there's consequences and circumstances. But just go ahead, brother. Yes. And listen to this one. Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth that we should be kings. I'm sorry. I got a letter. I think it's kind of first fruit of his creature. Wherefore, my brother, my brethren, let every man be swift to hear slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. <clears throat> Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, and what's that word called? Superfluity. Yes, and naughtiness, 
and receive with meekness the grafted word which is able to save your soul. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving who? Your own selves. For if a man, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened unto a man beholding, beholding his natural face in his glass. And he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a, not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the works, this man should be blessed in his deeds, y'all. This is kingdom mind thinking. If any man among you seem to be religious and brighteneth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. In other words, useless. Listen, pure religion, this is the drop punch, y'all, and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless, people who don't have fathers, be there for them. Call, talk to them, and talk to them, encourage them. And the widows, people who don't have a husband, be there for the mothers. Go teach them Bible study. Encourage them, strengthen them in their affliction. We have lost that vision. James is laying out the format of what the church should really be like. And to keep himself unspotted from this world. He's giving you all the patterns of what the church looks like in the body of Christ. I like to call James a pastor because I just love the way he lay out that format. He has such a fatherly type of way of writing this and putting it all together that makes you feel comfortable hearing it. He's not yelling at you. He's not using a certain his authority over you, but he's talking to you. And he's strengthening you, and he's building you up because his word has power. Excuse me. So for those of you who are out there who say, I don't have nobody to mentor me, look at James. Look at Paul. Read the Psalms of David. Listen to Solomon. There's a lot of people there to mentor you. Look at the prophets of old day life in this example. Moses, the meekest man on the earth. Men who have personal encounters with God, how God used them tremendously. We have a lot of mentors who are waiting to mentor people. Have you picked up your Bible lately and listened to your mentors talk? Have you listened to the words of the mentors of old? They have something to teach us. James walked it with the Lord. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this was the Lord's half-brother, James, if I'm not mistaken. But he walked it with God, and God was able to teach him great principles, even so with us, beloved, even so with us. If anybody else would like to say something, Sister C, uh, if you want to say something to Brother Kev, I'm all ears. I'm listening. Well, you know, uh, hey, look, I say something. <laughs> when you just said about mentoring, it's funny that you said that because obviously we believe a mentor has to be alive. That's just straight facts. 
Everybody be like, oh, that's my mentor. Who is he? He's right over there. We never even think about having a mentor that's right there in the Bible. That's like way over his. We, we, some people can't even accept that. They're like, well, he's dead. How is he mentoring you? Well, I'm just looking at his lifestyle and what he said and what he did. And Well, how do you know it's factual? Well, why would you think that? That's how these people think nowadays. Everything got to be alive is perfect. <laughs> Jesus can't be that perfect. There's no way. And, and it's a shame that we got to go through that and people got to, you know, illustrate a new world order the way they want it to be because of the fact that they're trying to figure out God. How are you going to figure out God if you don't even... Never mind. But, um, uh, you know what? <laughs> Let me just shut up because I get deep. Yeah, I, I think another thing uh, when we <clears throat> begin to look into the word for mentorship, for for guidance, uh, for encouragement, uh, for uh, making decisions in life, because you really think about it, we are people of the human race. When we talk, most of the time we either talk about what happened in our personal lives or life situations with one another. That's what we deal with all day. We talk about who we met on the street, what happened on the bus, what happened in traffic, what happened in work. It's all about life issues. And the Bible, what it does, it gives us wisdom in how to deal with life issues, Uh, how sometimes we need to say something, sometimes we need to keep our mouth shut. The Word tells us that. I think one of the verses in there, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. But before we begin to look at God's Word, Uh, as being authentically a guidance in our life, we must first believe. And I think that's where a lot of folks, uh, you know, questioning the authenticity, questioning the the authority of God, the sovereignty of God in his word, uh, and and it doesn't profit profit us anything because the word says, he that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder to them that diligently seek seek him. And so, but we, we, we it has to be an issue of faith, and we have to realize that God is, the, he's the, the giver of faith. Uh, and, and that's why I always say we don't live this life according to the way we wanted to live it. Many of us has messed, messed up relationships, whether it's with our uh, families or, or, or our, our, uh, our marriages. We done messed it up. Sometimes we have caused a schism between our children, you know, that's a shame that you have fathers that don't speak to their sons and mothers don't speak to their daughters. Uh, and it's because of the things that we have done in the past. Uh, but we have to believe, and if we did it our way and it did not work, why not give God a try? If we realize we didn't create ourselves, that God created us. And if we have an almighty God and God has shown us everything around us, you know, the description says, even if you ain't reading a word, he says, from the invisible things of him, from the creation of the world being clearly seen, uh, even his uh, power and, and, and divine, uh, uh, the, uh, what's that other part of that verse, uh, his power and Godhead that we are without excuse. So God has shown us his splendor in creation. We have to come to a point at some point in time and say, maybe I've got to give God or begin to seek God because I see everything around me. I know man is not the creator of these, these things. 
the sun, the moon, and everything else around us. Uh, but when we begin to seek God for God and begin to search his word, that this is the unadulterated, uncompromised word of God, then our life will begin to change because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But we first must dispel what a lot of people are talking about, that this word is not authentic. And we went over that, uh, I believe, yesterday. We began to talk about uh, how some people have certain views of the Bible for whatever reason that it's not authentic. But that's where true change is going to come from. And God is able not only to prepare your life for the future, but God is able to patch up those relationships and those errors in our life that we have made in the past and begin to deal with those things uh, that we can restore all. Uh, but we got to truly believe that this is God. And once we get that in our spirit, and we, we also, when we get in our spirit that God loved us so much, even in our sinful state, that he gave his only begotten son. And we have to realize that we are all sinners, and the wages of sin is death. But yet God loved us so much that he did not overlook the fact that we sinned, but it was imputed to his son. And so all the wages of sin is death. Everything we have done in the past, God has forgiven us of those things. Once we believe in his son, through his blood, we are washed, we are made whole, we are reconciled back to God, we got peace with God. When we get this love story in our hearts, that this is real, that man is separated from God through his sins, the sins got to get dealt with, and that's what the cross is about. Jesus died on that cross. Our sins was imputed on him, even in our sinful state. And he took his righteous garment, and now he's clothing us. So God is not looking at us as sinners. Not that we don't sin, but his effectual power of his blood has cleansed us and watched us, that watched us, that we can come boldly before the, we can come boldly before the almighty God. The scripture says, what love has he bestowed upon us that we are, we are called the sons of God? We need to press the pause button right there. And think about that. The God that created everything in the world, he makes things move. He even gives the ocean with all that water a decree that you only can go so far. It's only because of his compassion that we are not consumed. Every time we take a breath, you know, I used to give an example when I said, just talk to some of the brothers down in men's shelter, that we can all identify all of us form a drinker. Some of them were still drinking. But you know how you, you, you go to the bar. And somebody, unknown person, buy you a drink, and the bartender say, uh, the, the, the next round is on that brother over there. We, some of us, get out of our seat, shake his hand, we give him a nice wave, we smile, and we, we, we thanking him, thanking him for that drink. But just hold your breath. And when you can't hold it no more, that next breath is on the house. That's how we got to begin to look at God. We have to look at God, not only, not only to... Lord, send me a husband, send me a wife, send me a brand new house, send me a brand new car. But to realize that the bare essentials, that to be able to breathe on your own, to to be able to put one foot in front of the other, to be able to have, be clothed in your right mind, that you can leave your home and remember where you live, to remember your name, your phone number, to remember your family faces and so forth. 
Because if one of those things were taken away, just one of those things, the fact that you, you stand up but your legs give out on you, we'll be willing to give everything that we have to restore back the, the things that we take for granted. But realize that God is the giver of every good and every perfect gift and that he has made a way for filthy, sinful man to be reconciled and to have peace with God, that we can now seek the creator of the world for our everyday problem. God told us, I was talking to one of the saints today, but they were doing more complaining than praising. But I said, the Lord told us to cast all our cares upon him, for he cares for us. It's not that we don't run into problems, but our problems don't belong unto us. Because God said, cast all your problems to him, for he cared for us. And just to be able to do that and to have the confidence that those situations in our lives are being dealt with, there's no better place to be than to be under the anointing of the almighty God, to be in an intimate relationship, to know I can talk to God about issues in my day before my day gets underway. There's no better position, but I think we got to get that in our spirit, that this is not a religion. It's a relationship that we can go to the almighty God with our problems, with our concerns, with our relationships that may, that we may have messed up that we know because God says, is there anything too hard for the living God? And what is impossible with man, all things are possible with God. Boy, I tell you, I just continue to pray for those who don't know the living God. I continue to pray for those who are still trying to do it on their own. And it's almost like if you got up and you walked around in a circle, you're doing a whole lot of walking. You're doing the same thing every day, but you ain't going nowhere. And that's how life is without the Lord. When we do want to do things our way, we do it within a capsule. Some of us, we got our routines. We do that day in, day out, year after year, the same thing, regardless of what we do. We do the same thing, and life gets boring. And I think sometimes that's how the suicidal thoughts begin to enter people's hearts because mm-hmm. they're trying so hard to live mm-hmm. a life that was not intended for them to live. But the life that you really are not walking in your destiny of who you are until you answer the call that God has on your life. we got to come off that hamster wheel, using all that energy but not going anywhere, and to realize that God got a better life for you. God's going to put people in your life that go outside, your jacked-up family members and your corner boys. Many of them are just piranhas, just there because you can do something for them. But God can put people in your life. And with God, when we in God's family, when we in our natural family, our family die off, our friends begin to send out. But in God's family, our friends and our brothers and sisters, they continuously grow. And it's just a great place to be. Uh, you know, we, we talk about uh, walking with the Lord, but it's, it's a great thing to actually walk with the Lord, not just to talk about it, but just to be about it and to deal with those life issues. We try to figure it out on our own. Many of us have made mistakes in relationships. We've made mistakes with our children because we're dealing with the tradition of men, what our fathers told us, what our corner, you know, we we from a certain part of town. We, some of us are willing to go to the grave because we do things because of the environment we grew up in. Oh, I'm from 23rd and Diamond. We get down like this. Many of us are in the prison right now 
or some of us have been in the dirt because we're following the tradition of men. It does not work. It wasn't intended for it to work. What our life was before God was to let us know that we can't live without him. If we keep doing it our way, it's going to come to an end of destruction. Satan is not your friend. The things that you're doing for so-called pleasure are going to be the things that destroy you. Satan knows how to mask his book. He's not going to come out with a book to say this is the way to destruction. But what he does, he does it through pleasure, for personal gain, for pride, who you are. The very same thing. Satan is not your friend. He's not there to build you up. He's there to tear you down. But he does it systematically. But that's what the word does. The word screams out. The word is calling out to come back to your creator. Because living our life on our own is only going to lead to destruction. It's not a matter of if it's going to do it. It's just a matter of time when it's going to happen. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, that's good stuff, y'all. That's food for the soul. Um, when you think about all the folks, there are people who wish they knew about the truth. They're looking for answers. They don't know how to find the answers. And I believe that a lot of time when we read the word of God, Boston, talk about Boston up north, they have one of the strongest backbone when it comes to community and working together as teams. And it's something that we're waiting for the Holy Ghost to do that we don't need the Holy Ghost to do it. When somebody sells you the car, they give you the keys to the car. You sign the paper. You bought the car. You purchase it. You may have to pay the note or you paid cash for it. You don't need permission to start the engine of your car. You don't need permission to drive it down the street. You can drive it when you want to drive it, how you want to drive it. And a lot of time we're waiting for God to give us permission to do something that he already gave us 2,000 years ago. He gave us the keys. And anybody know that they got keys on their keychain is their car keys, their house keys, whatever else they own, the doors, the jobs, everything is on that keychain. When you give someone your keys, you gave them totally authority. They don't have to ask you. They have the keys to go in and out as they will. And a lot of times we're waiting for God to tell us something, but I think what we're missing is more structure as a human, how to build things and more discipline in our lives as human beings. I believe with all my heart, the more we read the word of God with our eyes open, and we demonstrated the right way, that pattern would take us a far, far place in our lives that we could never imagine. I am grateful for the years that I learned the Bible as a young man. I'm telling you, folks, I would have had a problem this day and hour. I would have known, but I knew no other way was the way but Jesus. But a lot of things I would have totally been gullible to if I had not studied and read on my own, when I was in my young age, i never forget it. God put it on me happy to study, and he just kept pumping that thing into, you got to read, you got to study. You can't do what they're doing right now. You got to read, you got to study. And I went through my battles like everybody else. I went through my backsliding stage when I had left the Lord when I was younger. For years, I went through all that. 
But when God brought me back, the same thing. You got to read. You got to get into the Word. Stay into the Word. And it's when I took my eyes off the Word of God, it's when I found myself struggling the more. Like the Bible said, if any man is drawn away, he's drawn away. Like James said, it was his own lust and his own entice. So we got to learn to teach that to people. And we got to get more organized as a human race. There are things that we see people doing that's not saved, not speaking in tongues, not using all nine gifts of the Spirit, but they are very effective. You would think they were saved the way they do things. They care about other people. They come up with ideals to build up programs that help people. Think about it. They have programs for men who are in the shelter, who need help, food and clothing, looking for a job. They have programs for ladies who are pregnant, who need a family to put a roof over their head. This is the world. What they have is what we are missing in a lot of cases in our churches, not from the pastors, uh-uh, from the body of believers. When you hear the story about the Good Samaritan, that man did that deed. He never thought in his wildest dream. Do you know there was a law called the Good Samaritan Law that if you help somebody and save their life, they cannot sue you? They are protected underneath the Good Samaritan Law. But not only that, this man created an act in a time that God saw and he honored that man. That story is a real story, y'all. He talked about a man who got robbed by thieves. It took everything from him. And they left him for dead. But the Samaritan, most people don't know the story about the Samaritan. They are half breed. The Samaritan people are half Jews and half Gentile. They worship idols. So the real full-blooded Jews didn't want no parts of them because they worship idols. Think about this now. This man was a full-blooded Jew who was robbed, stripped, and left for dead. The priest came by, and he saw him. No, I'm sorry. The Levite came by first and saw the man on the side of the road. He didn't help him. He crossed over. The priest came by and saw the man on the road. And it was another fellow that came. I don't know if it was a Jew or another priest or a Levite came and saw him. But when the Samaritan came, the idol worshiper, the half-breed Jew, the one that nobody wanted to bother with, he saw him and had compassion on him. He took the man, put him up on his horse or his donkey, binded up his wounds, swashed him up, went into the hotel, left money, and told the hotel man if he used more than this, let me know. I'll pay the bill. He had compassion, y'all. The Bible said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. This man wasn't a high priest. He didn't do the law of Moses like he should. He was a half-breed. He was a Samaritan, idol worshiper. But he had compassion. Listen, y'all. This man got more compassion than we've seen in leadership, than we've seen in churches. 
than we have seen in the fivefold minutes. He had compassion on him. And Jesus tells us the story about this man. Because the lawyer raised the question when Jesus brought up the question of loving your neighbors and doing good to others, the lawyer tried to justify himself by saying, who is my neighbor? Jesus looked at the lawyer, and then Jesus began to explain the story of the Good Samaritan. And then he asked the man, who was his neighbor? He said he that did all that he The lawyer answered Jesus correctly. He told, Jesus told the lawyer, you go and do likewise. Listen, y'all, accept our righteousness. Exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes. We're not going to make it in. He keeps giving us illustration of how important it is to love one another. I always tell people this. There's only one race, the human race. When I hear the Muslim or the Jehovah Witness or whoever it may be that don't want to agree with us, I said, there's only one race, the human race. You have one adversary, and his name is Satan. And he would use anybody at any time to display his evil deeds. Folks, I want you to know, if there's anybody out there underneath the sound of our voice, and you don't know God in the pardon of your sins, today is your time, your opportunity to get to know him. We want to bring you into the kingdom of God. If you're underneath the sound of my voice, just repeat after me. Say, oh, oh God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Wash me and cleanse me in the blood of the Lamb. Create in me a clean heart. Renew within me the right spirit and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and become Lord and master of my soul. This day, I rededicate my heart to Jesus Christ as my Lord. And as my Savior, this day, I am a child of God. And if you said what you mean and meant what you said, we want you to continue to walk this walk of faith. We want you to go into the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the gospel. Learn who Jesus is. But don't just read it. Study it and know for yourself. I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that was said. We thank you for the hearing ear that started not robbery, just to give us the ear to listen to your word, Lord. God, we pray that we will continue to decrease, that you might increase. God, we pray if we offended anyone in words and deeds, that you will forgive us of our sin and our trespasses against men. Before God, you say that we can't forgive men their trespasses against us. Neither will you forgive us our trespasses against sin against you. Forgive us for whatever we might have done, even in the past, God, the present, the day, whatever we might have spoken. If we spoke or said something that was ungodly or gossip about anyone, please, Lord, forgive us of our sins, Lord. 
creating us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us, God. Bind us together as brothers and saints. And, Lord, I pray that you give us wisdom beyond our years, God, and that you will control our thoughts and how we treat others and give us patience with each other, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this radio show, Word of Fire. We thank you for Brother Will, who thought it's not Robbie, to utilize it and be just a blessing to all of us. We pray, God, that you will bless him, Lord, a hundredfold. And, Father, I ask that you will bless also the hearers that are listening. In the name of Jesus, strengthen them, God. Move by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, by faith. Amen. And, again, the number is star eight if you would like to say something. Uh, for the last time, I just want to open the floor for Cam if you want to say anything. Or my dear sister who will listen today, if you would like to say anything, sis, feel free to say something. So I'm opening the floor up to you guys. Uh, I I want to um, have special prayer for Ed Nitty. They said he's um, my boy, self unknown with On Point and Radio, better known as Mister On Point. Um, that he's a producer. Um, he did a lot of music for a lot of people out here. He's only 30 years old. He said he had a blood clot in his heart. And they're saying he's not expected to live after today or tomorrow. But if you can give serious, super prayer for not only him but his family, that'd be well anointed. Well, this is not the guy that I talked to last week, is it? No. Um, the guy you talked to last week, that's his, um, that's his producer. His name is Ed Nitty. And um, um, they're saying he's already in. The problem is he's all the way down Merlin. And his family's in Philadelphia. So he's there practically by himself until people, you know, come down all the way from Philadelphia to go see him. So to go through a transition like that with not everybody there is really something. So we're hoping that he make it through and prayerfully he make it through. But the way the doctor's talking is not too great. So we can have serious prayer. That would be awesome. Uh, are you still there? Yes. Okay, Kev, open and lead us in prayer. We're going to touch and agree with you as you go to the throne and pray for this man, that God will heal his body and he will be merciful to him. Yes. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you the glory on and praise. Lord, we know that you are an awesome God. You are a caring God. You are a loving God. And, Lord, as you said in your word, you know, the thoughts that you have towards us are thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring us to an expected end of peace. And your thoughts towards us, Lord, you reminded us that they were more than the grains of sand upon the seashore. And, Father God, we know with you all things are possible, regardless of what the doctors are saying or what the medical uh, personnel is saying, Lord. You said, let God be true and every man a liar. Father God, we lift up Brother Ed nitty lord god we pray right now lord even though he's in maryland lord god but you're the god with distance you overcome distance distance is not an issue lord god you're able to touch him lord for you say we have not because we ask not lord and we're asking in the name of jesus that you touch him lord with your healing virtue lord god 
in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Move by your spirit, Lord God, and meet him right where he is, Lord. Give the doctors wisdom, Lord God. Touch every instrument. Touch every medication, Lord God, that's administered in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray you speak to his heart, Lord God, to know that you are there in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray you touch his family, Lord God, wherever they may be. Comfort them, Lord, to know that they can look towards you from which cometh their help. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we're looking for a miracle, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father God. We touch and agree in the spirit that you are able, Lord God, to touch yep. Brother Mitty, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you're yeah. able to do exceeding and abundantly of more than we could ask or think unto your glory. In Jesus' holy name, we pray, Lord, and we say amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Will, for that information. Our dear sister, is she still on the line? Oh, um, no, but she does have a radio show tonight. Um, mm-hmm. She'll be on All Point Radio. And she also is a fellow host on Sound City Radio. And her name is Lady T, but we call her T the Lady. And when she's on, um, let me see if I can pull this up. But people, I, while I'm pulling this up, um, what a great show. Like, what else can we say? Like, God moves in mysterious ways, and for you to actually take time to really receive what you heard today from Minister Calvin Myers and Brother Kevin and anybody else who came on, is for you. Um, here, here at Sound City Radio, we're always about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. I really don't care what you say out your mouth. I just want to hear what you got to say. Because some people might not be on the same page. But I ain't scared of you. I just want to be able to recite to you and let my brothers over here recite to you what the word is. Like, what he just said. Everybody, no matter what religion that's out there, know the devil. <laughs> well, the problem is a lot of people don't know God. And that's a difference maker. And, and it's a shame that it had to be said like that. but. It is what it is. So, again, on Sound City, we always ask you to be real, be safe, and always be ready. Now, if you want to check out Lady T, she comes on next Wednesday, and her PIN number is 143924-POUND. Now, when she goes on tonight on On Point Radio, her PIN number at 9 p.m., her PIN number is 143874. I do not know her topic right this second, and I'm waiting for her to um, actually call back in. Make but sure you hit me up, Will. She goes on 9 o'clock until what time? 9 until like 10.30. Usually it's okay. 9 to 10, but usually we give her an extra half an hour, especially if the um, <laughs> the program gets a little bit very interesting. We just take another half an hour later. But um, she will be here next Wednesday on Sound City Radio from 5 to 7. And, again, mm-hmm. that PIN number for her on um, Sound City is 143-924-POUND. And tonight on, on Point Radio at 9 p.m., her PIN number is 143-874-POUND. Now, that's another radio station I'm affiliated with. Um, me, Mr. On Point, and all the other hosts, it's a really – very interesting shows. We do some, you know, they really go in. But here at Sound City, I always like to let everybody be free. 
I don't want to have rape. I mean, just don't curse. Like, look, you ain't got to go out like that. I mean, if you got a a limited vocabulary, <laughs> instead of saying the D-A-M-N, say dang, you know, D-A-N-G. Let's make it right because we got kids that might want to listen and want to become mature. And we don't want to let the kids grow up cursing. They already doing it now. Shoot, they starting at three or two. God knows if it's going to be one, and the parents out there laughing at it like, oh, that's so nice. I'm like, you guys should be out your mind. But this is what our world is like today, and it's nothing but the devil because if you notice, Satan only wants the children because if he gets the children, he daggone sure enough got the parents because the children will lead the parents away because the parents will always chase their children. If they go anywhere, they want them to come back home. I know I do. That's just straight up. I can't help with people. I, you know, I'm a lot to work with. You got to have to work with me. You got to pray for me too. But the point is, we got to change the game. The only people that can change it is us. Well, Jesus really, but us being ministers and doing things that Jesus wants us to do, then we might be able to change the world. But until then, we got to go through our trials and tribulations. And you got to be able to... How did Satan lead by example? But everybody want to lead by example because nobody want to tell anybody their examples and what they led. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, every time I talk, I say some dumb stuff out of my mouth and I get in trouble. So I got to shut the heck up. Um, But people, again, if you got any questions, comments, or concerns, just email me at dj underscore chill at my.com. That's dj underscore chill at my.com. And back to you, Minister Calvin Myers. Man, I just love this radio show. I love the people who call in. And I love those who are listening in, friends, the family. I love all y'all. Thank you for your support. Um, whenever y'all ready, whenever y'all ready, just call in. We're not going to beat you up. We're not here to shame you. We want to hear your insight. And sometimes people just want to sit in the cut, which is cool, and just be supportive and praying on the other line. Thank you for your prayers. We solicit your prayers and pray for this brother who's in Maryland. My heart goes out to him because, folks, people are leaving this place, and they got to know the truth. And so this is another avenue that God has opened, a doorway where we can talk and share and people can grow. And I pray that we continue to grow, y'all. Whatever we do, let's stay out of the kitchen of let's judge each other, who living what and all. You never heard Jesus talking about who ain't living now. You don't hear the apostles doing that, neither. They don't talk about who's living what and not living. They give you the truth. They build you up. They strengthen you. Let's get the same mind in our life. And uh, I refuse to worry about who's not living what, man. That's not my job. I wasn't putting you on this earth to watch Brother Kevin Keys what he ain't living and what he ain't doing. He got to be a better just. I'm not wasting my time. That's that Martha spirit. Y'all remember the Martha spirit. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word. Martha's in there slaving in that hot kitchen and making the food. And Mary is sitting at the feet where the men is at. The women wasn't allowed to be there. Man, Martha looked out there and saw Mary sitting. She went back in the hot kitchen and kept working again and looked back again and she was still sitting. Mary had a smile on her face listening to every word Jesus said. Can you imagine that? Sitting at God Almighty's feet, hearing his word, 
dropping like honey on your head. And Martha lost her rabbit mind. <laughs> Martha said, listen, hold up. Wait a minute. Martha said, did Jesus tell her, interrupted the teaching of the word, that she got to come back here and help me. And uh, and she said to her, tell her, Lord, she got to come in here and give me a hand. Yes. And she said, Martha, Martha, this is what Jesus said. Martha, Martha, when God called your name two times, look out because he'll come a rebuke. Peter, Peter, Simon, Simon, Martha, Martha, he said this to her. You are careful and you are troubled by many a thing. Folks, that's the topic to teach on on the radio song. Many a thing. You're troubled, you're careful. By many a thing. But listen to what he said. In other words, you're distracted. But then he said, but Mary had chosen that one thing. Mary don't have many things on her mind. (laughs) She's not worried about many a thing. What he ain't living like, what she ain't doing, what they ain't doing. If they were many a thing, Mary only chose that one thing. Whatever you do. Choose that one thing that should not be taken away from you. Hearing God's voice, hearing God's word, it's a lesson for all of us to learn. And the apostles put that in there for a reason, y'all. Remember, for whatsoever things was written was written for our learning. That, they could have left that out of the Bible verse. A lot of stuff they left out. Why didn't they leave that out? They specifically put that in there and left that in there because that really sent, they felt that what Jesus did to Mary, and I mean to Martha, that stuck with them because technically Mary wasn't supposed to be sitting there with the men. Technically, Martha was right. According to the custom of men, she was right, but according to the custom of God, she was all in error. So, guys and ladies, please remember this. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Martha reminded me of the church of Ephesus. Good and laboring. Ooh, they will labor you underneath the, a dog on table. But they left their first love. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. The first love was loving the Lord, his word. All your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. It's not so much of the works that we need to do in the church. It's the love that we need to be doing in the church, the love of God. And there's a verse that says, for the love of God is shed abroad in our heart, which is given to us by the Holy Ghost. I just wanted to say that, man. I love y'all. Oh, well, man. We got Cheetah Lady back in the building. She's right here. I'm sorry, Mr. Calvin. I was, had to tend to my grandfather, but I came back, and your last words were definitely something that everybody should be mindful of. You know, we definitely have to examine what's in our minds. And if the thoughts in our minds do not agree or line up with God's thoughts, the Bible, then we must immediately begin to apply 
Second Corinthians. I want Second Corinthians ten four through six. It says it gives us the power to bring those thoughts to obedience of Jesus Christ. So it's something that we have to continually remember that our mind is a battlefield, and we have to continually stay on the ground with tapping into God and letting Him be the source of you know our movement. Um, in the meantime, I thank you for this topic that you you spoke about today and all the insight that you gave. It definitely was food to my soul. Um, I wanted everybody to, you know, you as well to come on my show. I have a show tonight on um, On Point Radio, um, the same number, uh, but the PIN number is 143-874. And um, if you want to follow me, that's on Tell Me Something Good Radio. And here on Sound City Radio, my show is Keeping It Real Talk. And that's PIN number 143-924. So today, you know, I'm definitely going to take this information that I got today and really talk about, you know, my topic today is about being an autodidact and not really having that piece of paper to solidify what you are knowledgeable of. So I'm going to talk about some things that that I learned today in addition to um, my topic, but I definitely appreciate your insight today for sure. Amen. And, Will, please hit me up when she's on the show to remind me that she's out there so we can support her too and Hear what she's talking about, too. Amen? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Amen. I love you guys. I appreciate all of you. Keep us in your prayer. And uh, tonight I'm I'm going to stick my ear in there and listen up and and hear you there, Sister T. We want to hear what God is doing with you on your side of the vineyard. I thank God for my pillar, my brother, and the Lord, Brother Kev. He's such a blessing, man, a mighty man of valor. I thank God for my boy, Will who just make things happen, man. That's my man, man. Will is so crazy sometimes. <laughs> he out there, but the boy be moving. He's on a go. And I love that about his heart, man. So, again, we want to thank all of you guys for what you're doing. And those of you who are listening, keep us in your prayers. Until next time, we'll see you in church. God bless you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not going to let you get away with that. There's no way. I'm going to let you get away with that. Can you please tell everybody how to donate? Please? Well, for the studio equipment, man, I'm trying to tell you. Well, my son is getting a studio, and uh, they want to get a studio. So they bring in their own studio together, and they do. They write their own music, and they've already recorded 20 albums. And so what they wanted to do was they was always recording in somebody else's studio, so they wanted their own studio. And I mentioned this, um, uh, Brother Will, I was going to say Steve, Brother Will about if we can get people to just, if they had, sometimes people have studio equipment that they might want to just donate and give to the uh, the guys. And uh, if they do that, that's fine. Or if they want to donate buy something, a piece of equipment, and give it just to be a blessing. That will be fine. But they're young men, and we just want to be a blessing to them because they're moving into the music world, and it's nothing like having your own when you're in the music world. So that's what that was all about. And if anybody wanted to do so, they can contact Will, connect with Will, and let him know, and he'll let me know, and uh, we'll be able to do something from there. Also, I want to let all the sisters and brothers know who are still on the air that we are having our men's conference at Deliverance Evangelistic Church from September the 27th to October the 1st. 
please, ladies, join us. Tell your girlfriend, your sisters, your aunts. Tell the ladies about it. Tell your husband, your brothers, your sons, your niece, and your nephews. We're going to be there on the 27th. Our theme this year is moving into the overflow. It is going to be exciting. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what God is going to do. Mighty men going to be sharing the word. I'm one of the speakers. I'm going to kick it off on Wednesday night. And so from there, we're going right into it from there. So we're going to be talking about the overflow, things that are overflow that God can do in our life and has done and what he's going to do. We all can use an overflow. So we welcome you. For those of you who I met, I never met, this is your chance to come out, and I can meet you there. For those of you who just hear us all the time, come on out there. You'll be able to meet Brother Kev is there. All of us will be there. You'll be able to meet us face-to-face as brothers and sisters in the Lord. We encourage everybody to come out. So please join us. And, again, if you would like to just be a part of the blessing to help these guys get their equipment and stuff, I got half of the equipment for them, and they still need to get some more things. I know my son mentioned about getting the, it's called a guitar. It's a voice thing to make sound and make your voice changes. And they got those things on Amazon. If somebody want to donate, buy that and send it out, ship it to, uh, get it to us. That would be a blessing. It's called a guitar. And it was another one that makes beats. He wanted to get this thing that makes beats. That's what he wanted to get to. So those are the two pieces you know. And the third piece we wanted to get was an Apple computer where he can put the things, download uh, different things into the Apple computer. So that's what you need to hold all of that system in there. So that's what we got. I got the mics already for them. I got the piece, that um, the headset. I got that. If you want to get another um, studio headset, that's fine. We got one headset so far. So we got mics. We got those things. And we did whatever we had to do. And so if you want to be a part of being a blessing, Feel free. There's no pressure on nobody to do that. But I'm just letting you know those are the things we need because we're moving into the overflow. Amen. So that's what we're doing, and we love you. Again, if you can reach out to Will or me, just let us know, and we'd be more than happy to let you know, again, what we're looking for. All right? I love you guys. Appreciate all of you so much. Well, people, what that means is, because, <laughs> you know, I'm real as real can get. Like, if you don't know me, you better get to know me. I'm a situation. I'm going to tell you straight up. That means that you have the opportunity, right, to actually be involved. You know, you got a lot of people out there who make music, but they really don't make it. Well, these brothers are thorough. They ain't no slouches. <laughs> this ain't no, you know what I mean, epidemic. This is reality, one-on-one. So it's great. I mean, if you want to be an you know, anonymous donator, that's on you. But if you actually <laughs> say, hey, yeah, I donated. Because when you start watching them on the news, you start watching them on different events, you start watching them at, mm, what's they called? Award ceremony shows, and then you start buying a record, and you're like, oh, my God, this music is so good. And you're like, wait a minute. I know them. And you know what? Back in the day, when they were about to make their thing, I was right there. And people might not believe you, but guess what? When you have something authentic, nobody can lie. <laughs> then they can't lie about Jesus. How authentic is he? 
And he came right out the midst of time. Everybody wasn't ready. Nobody was ready. So, again, people, it's on you. You either can do it or you don't. No matter what, they're going to make it anyway. It's just you got the advantage. You have the advantage and the time to give. Choose your, you know, choose your options. You only got one to make. I'm so sorry, but that's how will I get. Because I ain't here to <laughs> play with you. I never will. Because you know this radio show is about being real, being safe, and on sure enough better be ready. So until then, people, if you have any questions, any comments, any concerns, again, I'll say email me at DJ underscore chill at my.com. That's DJ underscore C-H-I-L-L at M-Y.com. Um, and always, I always do something incredible. It might be stupid to others, but to me, <laughs> it makes sense. When I say out, I always say, because out to me means obviously you talk. So I just put a little twist on there, and I always say, who's out? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.